Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojans fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Hope everyone's having a very fun and festive holiday season. We're going to give you probably one last podcast uh, from myself before the Christmas little break. There, of course, USC is not in a bowl game, but there's a lot going around going on around USC football land, and we're going to talk to the coach Harvey Hyde about everything that's been going on. Tons of news to get to. You can follow Coach on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde or go to his website. HarveyHyde.com. And if you have any questions or comments for the show, you can drop us an email podcast at uscfootball.com or call or text us at 424-254-9141. And if you have the Apple Podcasting app, please follow and leave us a five-star rating. It helps to grow the show. And it's been a great year for this uh, Peristyle podcast as far as growth goes, especially those last couple of months with everything that's been going on. I feel like there's been a whole bunch of news happening around the USC football program since we last talked to the coach, Harvey Hyde. So we're going to get to a lot of that newsy stuff and a bunch of your questions. Coach, welcome in. How are you doing, sir? Well, buddy, it's good to be back. We had a couple of weeks of a bye here, and I got healed up and got rehabbed. And uh, they say I can play. So here we go today. We kick off here in a few seconds. I want to wish you, your family, and your staff, and and all the people uh, that you're associated with, a uh, very happy happy holiday season, and all of our listeners out there, because without you, we don't have a podcast. So buckle up and be careful out there. As we always say, we'll take you part of the way or all of the way. We just want to make sure you get there safely. So for sure, especially during these holidays, and I hope everyone's going to enjoy the break if they get one, and uh, I certainly will. I'm going back uh, to the East Coast to visit my family and stuff, and I'm uh, looking forward to that, and usually you have to kind of navigate around a bowl game. You don't have to do that this year for USC, but there's a lot of other stuff you have to navigate around because there's been a lot of news, and we'll we'll get to that. I just want to thank um, all of our listeners out there, and if you have uh, if you have an opportunity and you want to go over to uscfootball.com and get some of the great content we've been putting up there, you can do it for a dollar. Your first month is only a buck, so get over there and check that out over at uscfootball.com. Jump in the peristyle. The busiest, oldest USC football message board on the planet. You can go check all that out. And also want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Always a fun time. I love going to the Trader Joe's before the holidays. It's always great. And, uh, you know, if you're you're not sure what to bring somewhere, there's so many cool snacks um, that you could bring for any kind of holiday party you're going to. But, man, go to the wine wine section. Like, what do you like? If you want some recommendations, you you can send me an email, ryan at uscfootball.com, and I'll, I'll do my best to help you out. But I'm... Pretty good with their wines. And, man, you can get, you know, these $8, $9 bottles of wine that are great. Uh, great. They, they taste great, and uh, people love them. Um, so it's a really great way. You can bring a couple bottles of wine to a party, wherever you want to. I always, I just went to a party over the weekend uh, down in Naples and brought uh, a nice Argyle Pinot Noir bottle of wine. Very reasonably priced, and I love that brand. So um, thanks again to Trader Joe's. They've been an awesome year uh, with them again. So we appreciate uh, their sponsorship. And, Coach, uh, I mean, there's so much going on, obviously, with the new head coach. Uh, we've had the early signing period, so I want to talk about that with you. Bunch of guys in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, there's 
the head coaching, assistant coaching, tracker. I don't even know where you want to begin. Do you want to start with the signing day stuff, or where, where would you like to go? Well, the first thing I want to start with, that Trader Joe's oh. has got a great float in the parade. I want people to look for it. I've seen it. It's absolutely fantastic. So I don't know, uh, Ryan, if you've seen it, but it's being built now. Phoenix Decorating is building it, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. So I just want to make sure everybody watches the Tournament of Roses Parade or goes to it and notices that they're your sponsor. Think of you. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they've invited. I've been lucky enough to, to go to a couple of the parades and see. It's an amazing float. They always do a great job. So thanks for pointing that out, Coach. Yeah, that, uh, and the, the parade's back this year because you're all a big part of that, right? Oh, yeah. The parade's back, and they're decorating now, and it's absolutely fantastic, and it's going to be safe. Everybody just has to practice what they're supposed to do, just like everything else, and and everything will be fine. So just whenever you travel or whenever you go to a party or whatever, just follow the rules and regulations. Don't step out of bounds. You don't score touchdowns when you step out of bounds, you know? Yeah, no, it makes sense. just be careful, and uh, we'll start wherever you want. Well, yeah, we'll start with recruiting, or we'll start whatever you want, Ryan. You're the you're the boss here. You're the head coach. So let's do the signing day stuff. So the early signing period uh, began uh, last Wednesday and ran through Friday. USC held off on their press conference, and we got to hear, and you know, it was the first time really local media got to sort of be up close and personal with Lincoln Riley. He had the press conference uh, at USC. So it's a little different than the one where they, you know, all the TV stations were there and they introduced him uh, at the Coliseum. Uh, this was more just like, hey, this is more like newsy, more day-to-day stuff that we're going to get from Lincoln Riley in the in the coming months and years. Uh, but, you know, announced the signing class with seven uh, letters of intent signed. Uh, so obviously a small class. It ends up being ranked 70th in the country and ninth in the Pac-12. Of course, it was a smaller class, and I thought some of the interesting things that Lincoln Riley had to say, Coach, was about um, they weren't just taking bodies. They were, you know, they they were recruiting with a purpose, so there was some temptation to want to bring in more players and just sign more guys, but they really are trying to build a championship roster, and so they cut down on the number of commits that were already there that were committed to the previous staff, kept a few. And then they added a couple more, most notably uh, Rayleigh Brown, the five-star running back from modern day, and then Damani Jackson, the five-star cornerback from modern day. So small class, but you got two five-stars. A couple guys from Bishop Gorman, uh, Zeon Branch is a four-star safety, and Fabian Ross is a four-star cornerback. Um, Devin Tompkins, the uh, edge rusher from Stockton, uh, and the Garrison Maddens, the the quick linebacker out of Georgia. And they bring in an 18-year-old punter, Atticus Bertram's from uh, Australia, so a little bit different. He's not a you know a thirty year old Australian. He's actually a high school Australian. So, um, but the, you know it was a small class. But obviously, the it, if you look at the average star ranking, it's the highest in the Pac twelve right now. This is probably going to be added to. There's some players that had signed and didn't announce yet. They'll announce at the Army All American game or the not the, the it's not the Army All American Bowl anymore, but the All American Games. Uh, there's a few of them out there. And then, of course, there's the February signing period with some players had kind of delayed. Um, but let's, I mean, just looking at the class, Coach, I know you know the, the Bishop Gorman guys well, but um, what are your overall thoughts on the, the small but uh, power-packed class? Well, first of all, let me say the press conference that uh, Lincoln Riley had was the first professional 
press conference I've seen by a football coach at USC in 10 years, or maybe not 10 years, eight years, seven years, whatever. He, he got to the stand. He talked about purpose. He talked about quality. He didn't just talk three minutes and say everything was wonderful. And what's the questions? He actually out got up there and explained what he's doing, why he's doing it, how he's doing it. And more or less, the questions were limited because he answered a lot of the things that the people were going to ask. He was a professional at what he did. He's been there before. He's been in the big likes lights. He, he's been to big bowl games where he's had to do these type of press conferences. And let me first of all say that that was the first thing that I was really impressed with. I, you know, as far as the, what he's been doing is fine, too. But I'm saying his first appearance before the press without the band playing and the cheerleaders and the college president and everybody else, it was his day, his press conference. I thought it was fantastic, okay? Because he explained exactly what he's trying to do with a foundation at USC, and not just building a foundation, but building the right. Not like the, you know, I've talked to you about this before, the three little pig story. Uh, the first guy just wanted to build his house as fast as he could and move on, get his number, and the second pig story. But the third guy built it in brick and mortar. They all went and lived with him. Because he got it done. And this is the way I look at him as far as it's not the numbers you get. It's the quality you get. And I think that's exactly what he's trying to explain to everybody. We're not signing somebody just to use a scholarship. We're, we've looked at our schedule and we know who the toughest teams are we have to beat. And that's probably Notre Dame or UCLA and Oregon or whoever it might be. I don't know. And that's who we have to get those players and better if we're going to compete with them. And that's why when he talked about his commits, he talked about who they were, what they wanted, what programs they were from. And I think that's exactly the way I would have gone about doing it, too, because he brought in nothing but winners. Players who have been at Mother Day who maybe lost two games in their entire career at Mother Day when they played. And the same with the Bishop Gorman kids. I mean, they've won the state championship six or seven years in a row. They got upset in one game this year by a uh, Arizona team, but they went 12-1 and one and won the state championship. So he gets two players out of there, and I'm going to predict he gets his third player out of there, okay? So the bringing in guys that, when they go to the game, expect to win and always have paid a price as far as being in a disciplined program and know how to say yes, sir, no, sir. When I say line up over there, they go do that, and they go to homework, and they do their classes, and it makes the coaching job so much easier when, easier when they do what they're supposed to do, and they're also great football players. He's not just going to bring in a bunch of numbers of people. I'm not saying the people that are SSC currently now, there aren't players that do that, but he's going to make sure. And it isn't the numbers, it's the quality of players he brings in. And yeah. I think that's a great start, Ryan, and I think that he's got a purpose, he's got a plan, and I'm glad he hasn't jumped in and hired just all kinds of coaches. When you think about it, you wonder what happened to this offensive coordinator? What happened to the defensive coordinator? What happened to the special teams coach at USC? I haven't heard anybody jumping out and hiring them, or if they're going to be kept. So you got to look and see what he's doing. He's not being forced into anything. And I personally think he's going to reevaluate the entire front office 
the recruiting, the whole thing as far as the standards as he expects from everybody. And this is going to take a long period of time, and there's a lot to do, but I think he's going about it the right way. No, I agree with you, Coach. Very professional the way um, you know he's gone about things, and I you know was really impressed. Um, any as far as thoughts on the the players that were that were signed, and you know it's going to get it'll be a little bit more. There's going to be some transfers. We'll talk about the transfer portal in a bit. But any stand anything stand out to you guys? Maybe I mean to to you, maybe some of the Bishop Gorman guys that you know well. Oh yeah, they're they're players. Huh? I'm going to tell you, they play, they cover, they hit you. They're winners. They work hard. I mean, they scrimmage almost every day in practice. I mean, these guys, these guys are great players. The only thing I wish they'd have got Taylor, the big offensive tackle. He's still going to Oklahoma, six five, two ninety. What a great player he was. They didn't. They weren't able to convince him to come, but he went to Oklahoma. But they've got great pro players out of that program. Demarco Murray. I can go Ron Stanley. These great players who went on to Notre Dame, and these they all came out of Bishop Gorman High School. Xavier uh, Grimble, Grimble came out of uh, Bishop Gorman High School. So they've got great players. These guys, one's a corner, one's a safety. I mean, the guys can play. I, Bryant, Bryant might be the best player in the second. I mean, he's a great player, the safety. I mean, he's a he's an athlete. I mean, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if both these players started. I'm not kidding. You. In fact, you know, with the players they're bringing in, Jackson and, and those other two, Ross, uh, Fabian, and... Uh, Branch, I mean, these guys could all three start. So, you know, so, and I would give them that opportunity to start too. And I'm sure that everybody's starting over. No one had, there's no depth chart. So everybody's going to start over. So, you know, if these guys are good enough, I'd start them. Yeah, no, that's, there's a high quality there. And I, I think that's, the numbers aren't big, but um, there's some potential starters just from that small group alone. And we'll see how it fills out. As we go forward, I mean, I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, signing day is pretty much every day now, and it's going to go all the way up until August where they're bringing in guys from the portal. Um, speaking of, uh, they they have – we've seen uh, several guys enter the transfer portal since this coaching change happened. We, You know, and I think Lincoln Riley mentioned it, Coach. Turnover on the roster of, uh, you know, up to 35 guys, you know, 35, 40 guys, which, you know, there could be significant turnover when you think about how many – guys travel there's been some walk-ons that are going there but guys that are on scholarship uh jacob lichtenstein to from sc he's actually going to miami now um the defensive lineman hunter eccles uh he's also entered the transfer portal um chase williams the safety he's has entered the transfer portal uh the linebacker raymond scott um he has entered the transfer portal keaton slowis the quarterback he's also in the transfer portal uh parker lewis the kicker He's in the portal. He came, went in the portal after Alex Stadhouse, the walk-on kicker, and then Stadhouse came back out of the portal. So USC still has a viable kicker, even though Parker Lewis, the scholarship kicker, has gone into the portal. Uh, and then more recently, Liam Jim, uh, Liam Douglas, uh, the offensive lineman, he's in the portal. And the running back, Keenan Kristen, the speedster out of San Diego, who apparently was getting, according, I think it was the LA Times, according to them, getting his uh, suspension that was going to go to the end of 22 2022 um, lessened uh, would open up the opportunity for him to come back on the team, but he's also in the portal. I expect there will be more names, Coach. Um, USC is bringing in Earl Barquette from uh, the defensive lineman from TCU, um, but I think there'll be more players coming in. T 
to USC, and then obviously probably more players uh, leaving that are trying, you know, as the long, like you said, Lincoln Riley reevaluating everything and installing his own culture. There's just going to be players that are on this roster that don't fit what he's looking for. So uh, any thoughts? Uh, I know there's a lot of names, but any thoughts on those guys that have entered the portal? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of thoughts. I had the same situation when I went to UNLV when I had my team meeting. You know, I told them uh, what I expect, and this is the way it's going to be. And, you know, I, I didn't recruit you, but I'm going to treat you as a man and treat you fair. But I'm looking for a certain person, and, you know, uh, I'm telling you exactly the way it's going to be here, blah, 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 and this and that. And there are some people that wanted to uh, challenge themselves and be a part of the program, and there were some that didn't want to. There were some where football wasn't that important to them. There were some that said, well, I'm not going to play that much. I, I think I'll go, and, and it's probably in their best interest to go, too. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a different world now, and kids are uh, able to go, and it's, if you're not happy at a university, it's best you're happy somewhere else. And uh, it's very important. So these players that are leaving, you know, you can't uh, have a play. You can't just cut a player and tell him, you know, he's not a part of the team anymore. I mean, that scholarship is good and guaranteed, but you have meetings with players and you tell players exactly what you think of their play and you evaluate him and you say and you tell them the truth that I don't think you're going to play under our season or you're going to be on the scout team the way I look at it the rest of the time and you probably won't even travel. And all of a sudden, that kid makes a decision that maybe it's better for me to go somewhere else. But you're honest to him, so the kid doesn't get misled. So I think a lot of these kids are, maybe are very close to Clay Helton, and maybe they all want to go down to Georgia Southern. I don't know, or go somewhere else. But I want to wish them the best of luck as far as someone that has watched them play, and I hope they're all very successful, I think. Slovis deserves a great opportunity somewhere, whether he goes to Arizona or he goes to Cal or Nebraska, uh, any of those three places that I hear rumors of. Uh, I think he'll do a good job for them as well as some of the other players. They'll go and they'll contribute. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, and there's going to be more players, um, and I, you know, I think there's some good players there. But I, I like what you said, Coach, when you come in there and you're like hey, I didn't recruit you, but I'm going to treat you fair. I'm going to treat you like a man. This is how we're going to do things going forward. And right or wrong, good or indifferent, I mean, bad, indifferent, whatever, there's a new sheriff in town. You come into UNLV and you're going to do things a different way. And there's some players that are used to it or like it the way it was. And like, ah, that's not really what I want. And I, I feel like it's going to be the same way where you've had, you know, seven years of like Clay Helton and sort of the the policies that were going on there. I know... Uh, Dante Williams tried to change some of that. That didn't last very well. Uh, this is the new head coach coming in that can make big decisions and say, this is definitely the way it's going to be. If you don't like it, then you can go. And it seems like some players are going to go. And uh, it might be just the talent. If they're like, look, you're not good enough to play for what we want to do. It might be the way things are run. Um, if you enjoyed maybe the a little lax attitude towards discipline and things like that. And that's changing. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go somewhere else. Uh, I mean, I, I feel like this is a necessary step. There's going to be a lot of massaging, you know, m roster massages going on every year in college football, even if you have continuity. But when you don't have continuity in the coaching staff, I think you're going to see a, a significant amount of turnover just the way college football is constructed now. And, I, you know, 
this is not surprising at all. Um, if anything, I'm surprised there's not more names have been in there already. But I, I think over the coming weeks and months, we're going to see more names. Well, we may, we may not. It depends. You know, some kids will love it. Some kids will love it, and they they came from programs where they said this was missing at USC. This is great. We're back to the type of program that I came from, where we're told what to do, we do it fast and do it quick, and and it's part of winning. Everybody's trying to win. It's not just USC's trying to win. Everybody's trying to win. It's just the way we go about doing it. Now, important we make it, and uh, I think that. Uh, this is important as far as setting the stage. Remember, you can always get easier, but you can't get easier. You can't get tough after you've been easy. you got to come in and set the guidelines, and then you can always let up a little bit. But don't come in and let them have a, a ship that's got a leak in it. Water leak is going to sink. You're not going to be able to, uh, to bring it back. So I think he's doing the right thing, and he's got the respect. He's got enough coaches around him that believe, that came with him. Uh, that believe in what his cause is, and he's a proven winner, and and you better do it his way or it's a highway. You know, my way or the highway, and I think that people understand this. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's look at the assistant coaches. And uh, if you want, Chris uh, Trevino has a doing a great job of tracking where Lincoln Riley's staff um, is uh, at this time. Um, you know, he's the head coach, obviously he's going to coach the quarterbacks. He's running the, the offense. Um, you know, there was a running back report at, you know, USC had hired, uh, choice out of, uh, Georgia tech. It looks like Texas has hired him away. So there's no running back coach, uh, as of now, the offensive line coach, there was also appeared to be some switcheroo going on. Uh, Brandon Jones, uh, from Houston, there was a report, I think for Bruce Feldman that, they were really close, and I'd heard the same thing, that the USC was really close to hiring him. Uh, but now, as of uh, Sunday night, it looks like Josh Henson uh, from Texas A&M will take over as the offensive line coach. I think Pete Thamel was the one that reported that. He has uh, he was at Oklahoma State in Missouri. Um, so that's a, that's a kind of interesting one. Um, yeah, so that, that was a little, little change of action going on there. Um, as far as the, the running back coach, you know, that we, like we said, you don't really know, uh, to shard choice. Um, he had changed his social media to be USC's running back coach. And now it looks like he's at, they've announced that he'd be at Texas. Uh, Dante Williams, um, looks like he's going to be sticking on. Yeah. So we'll see where, where he ends up, uh, what position he's coaching. Uh, we, you know, Lincoln Riley did say they haven't, um, he hasn't finished the staff, but he will announce it all at once, so he's not going to do it piecemeal. Um, there's a outside linebacker, defensive line coach, Jamar uh, Kane. So um, he's coming in there. So he's from Oklahoma, so he's going to be retained from Lincoln Riley. Um, linebacker Brian Odom, linebacker coach Brian Odom. Um, so that's looks like he's uh, he's coming over as well. Uh, Roy Manning, uh, one of the early ones, the defensive back coach. He was, uh, you know, recruiting for for USC early. Um, tight end coach Zach Hansen, who actually has some offensive line experience as well. He was the Tulsa offensive line coach, so he's coming in, expected to coach uh, tight ends. And then Dave Nickel um, uh, was another full. He was a full time assistant uh, at Mississippi State, um, and yeah, looks like he's going to come over and coach. Uh, 
wide receivers. And then we know about Alex Grinch, who was the defensive coordinator uh, that came over, and Dennis Simmons uh, also came over right when uh, Lincoln Riley came over. Um, so yeah, so that's that. He's he's also a wide receiver coach. So sorry, that was a mouthful there. Uh, but lots of assistant coaching kind of moves and shakeups and stuff. Uh, well, I'm I don't know the way it's been going so far, Coach. Any thoughts on on how the staff is coming together? Well, I think first of all, it's very important that uh, when you're a head football coach, you have loyalty. Okay. And uh, when you do your hiring, yes, it's important to have great recruiters and great technicians and all this, but you better have loyalty first. And I think working with uh, the coaches he's bringing from the University of Oklahoma, he knows them, he knows their families, he knows the loyalty that's there, and I think that's very, very important to him. He'll want to surround himself with that more than anything else. And I think also, when you bring coaches that have worked under your system, you know basically what what they do and how they coach. And you don't want to coach the coaches. You want to bring coaches that you already know what they do and they already know your offense and they already know the defense that he's going to run because he ran the defense for you at Oklahoma and you know exactly what you're doing in recruiting. You don't have to do a whole new defensive staff because you've worked with these guys on the defensive side of the football. So it's a lot easier. You have more time for them to formulate their defenses when they evaluate the personnel, but they've been evaluating the personnel for their own defense that they've been running at Oklahoma. And the same thing with the offensive side of the football, with the offensive coaches you're bringing from Oklahoma. Now running back coach uh, is important, but not that important. You can find great running back coaches. Okay. So that's not a key spot as far as that much is key, but it's not like an offensive line coach or a defensive line coach or a coordinator. Coordinary, a defensive coordinator. Yes. So uh, this, I think he's he's doing a good job because he's not rushing now. As far as Dante Williams is concerned, they're calling him defensive back. Well, that's not necessarily the corners or the safeties. He's just coaching that position. What he'll be doing is something different. I don't know what it is, but it'll be somewhere in the secondary because that's where his expertise is. And I, I hear some of the recruits came because he was going to be kept over. So I think that's in, important. At first, you know, you heard me say I didn't think that uh, that you'd want to keep too many people from the past staff because the loyalty of the players uh, that currently are at the in the program or the roster at USC will be going to those people before they come to the new people because they know them better. So I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the coaches at USC, but I would consider right now none of them have gotten jobs that I know of, the ones that are currently still there, the coordinators and what I missed earlier. But I would think that he would have named them if he was going to keep them because he would be wanting them to work. They're already here. They already got offices and all of the above. So I would think he's not going to keep them. I'm somewhat surprised about uh, Snyder, the special teams coach, was he's aware of him as far as him coaching at Kansas State, and they played against Kansas State the entire time when he was there at Oklahoma. So I think he's had a chance to evaluate him as far as on film when they played him, but I'm not quite sure why he hasn't made a move there. So all this is going on, and uh, you've got to put all the pieces together. And like I said before, loyalty. Loyalty is the first thing, loyalty to the head football coach. And once he knows he has that, then he can go ahead and move forward with the other parts of it. Yeah. Um, one other kind of 
roster news notes, I guess we could talk about. Uh, a couple of players have declared uh, for the NFL draft, you know, usually on social media. Um, no surprise, wide receiver Drake London, uh, offensive lineman Jalen McKenzie, and then more recently, cornerback uh, Chris Steele, all going to opt out and uh, try their luck at the NFL draft. Any thoughts on those three? Well, I think London, I think London uh, was ready to go, and I think he should go. Uh, I don't think he has to prove any more in college football. As far as the others, uh, uh, you know, I'd rather not give you my opinion, but I think they have a, a ways to go as far as being a top-round draft choice. I mean, uh, uh, to be at the level of going and declaring to go to the NFL, I, I would say I'd, if they wanted me, I would have gone to play again. I wouldn't run away because of a new coach or discipline or the things I need to do. So if they decide to go to the NFL, good luck to them, I'd say, and and go out and get it done. But uh, I don't know exactly if they're ready to go. I mean, they got a lot of penalties. They have to work on their techniques a lot more. they got to be a lot quicker as far as an offensive lineman. And, and on the defensive secondary part, you're out there all, all by yourself. And, and you got to be pretty good out there. And I'm not, I'm not quite sure if they're ready or not, but that's their decision. And somebody's told them they should go out uh, or they're going out because they don't like to change in coaching. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and answer some questions, Coach, back in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com all right we're back here on the parastyle podcast we got a text message coach and about the coaching staff uh with the news of keeping dante williams on staff should there be fear that he brings the culture and attitude the team showed most of the season i realize it was clay helton's culture but everything got worse when dante took over Thanks for all the content and hard work, Mike from the Bay Area. Well, you know, uh, Dante did his best. I mean, first of all, you know, that's a very difficult situation he was put into. He's never been a coordinator. He's never been a head football coach. And, uh, I don't know if that was a smart move by Mike Bone, but he made that move. And uh, because the, the kid hadn't been in that type of the big chair. I mean, and he really didn't know which way to go. He wanted to improve the program do his very best, but he actually had a whole season of it. It wasn't like three games. He had ten games of it. A lot of difficult things, one game being canceled and having to play it again. And you know, Players didn't want to really – they sort of played through this season. Okay, you've got some 
some performances and so on. But did you really see the Trojan football team play? I mean, did they really play up to their ability? Did did they really the coaches really coach up to the, to their ability? Did they look for jobs? Did they recruit that hard? I don't know. And I can't answer that question, but I know he tried to change some of the things like being on time to meetings and doing this or doing that, which really uh, exposed a lot of things to me that uh, I knew there are things as far as lack of discipline and different things, but I didn't know what they were. But now he sort of exposed that and tried to change that. And remember when you're an interim coach, uh, coach kids, kids just look at it and they say, you, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to tell us what to do, but you're not really the boss. So they did it if they wanted to do it. What is he going to do about it if they don't? He tried to bench some people to do this or do that, so you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And he looked like he was working hard, but he was confused, and he was in a very difficult situation. He's, he's trying to tell his peers what to do, and does he know what to do? As far, can he change the offense? Can he, can he change the offensive uh, philosophy? Graham Harrell, can he change the defensive line? Nah, maybe not, because all the players are there and it's too late. So he just played through the season the best he could, and he got some great experience. But uh, <laughs> he was on a, he was on a swivel. I want you to know, in a very difficult situation. Yeah, I agree, Coach. And uh, there, I, I think there there's a valid um, sentiment behind the question where there it is a link to the past. And I think if you were worried about how strong of a leader Lincoln Riley would be, then it could cause some kind of friction there. And I think that's something you will have to manage. Like it or not, like I think Dante Williams tried to make changes, but he's still going to be sort of representing the old guard. And it could be helpful for some of the current players that are maybe having a harder time adjusting to the new regime. But if you're going to like try to have Dante Williams like bring some of the other old stuff back, then you're going to be looking at problems. You know, this has got to be more about, hey, he's on board with whatever Lincoln Riley's doing. I know the way we did things before, and I said things in meetings because that's what the head coach told me. That's not the case anymore. So I can see there being some concern there, but, I mean, overall, uh, I mean, he could be a benefit. There's a lot of ways I think he could be a benefit, and, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. But that's that's definitely something for Lincoln Riley to manage. No, you're exactly right. And the first thing he's got is, like you mentioned, is loyalty to Lincoln Riley. And you know, just like you said it, hey, this is the way it is. I'm not the boss anymore, okay? He's the boss. And I'm following the guidelines. You follow him or your history. Yeah. I love you, but your history. Because if you don't follow it, I'm history. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you better do what we're supposed to do, both of us. Yeah. All right, let's go to a voicemail. Hi, Ryan. How you doing? Doing pretty good, I hope. Anyway, this is Arizona Jack um, calling with two concerns that I would like to talk to about. Uh, number one is all I hear is recruiting, recruiting, recruiting for SC. And I guess that's the way it should be considering the time of year. But I don't hear anything about these uh, staff members being able to develop. I'm hoping that they can develop uh good players as we expect. The second thing is if Coach Riley wants and needs some big old O line and D line, I think he needs to open up the Polynesian pipeline. There's some pretty big hefty boys over there on the islands and he needs to go explore those. Maybe he is already and we just don't know about it. 
But anyway, that's one possibility. Uh, thank you for your time. This is uh, Arizona Jack signing out. Bye. Well, Arizona Jack, uh, I'll tell you, there are some great linemen there, and there's some great linemen here in California that have got away. The L.A. Times Player of the Year, defensive and offensive lineman from Servite, is going to go to the University of Michigan. Uh, a year from now, that kid might be going to USC, okay? Uh, the big offensive tackle at St. John Bosco, I don't think he's decided yet, and I don't think FC has been one of the ones he's listed, but it's Ohio State, Alabama, and those type of schools. I think right now they're probably all over him, okay? There's players in California, those type of players, maybe not as many, but there are players like the big tackle from Loyola that went to uh, UCLA. There are players who can fit at a USC. Now, during this period of time, we haven't talked about the portal. USC may need to go to the portal to fill that gap. But uh, And uh, you've got to have quickness today. Now, you just can't be big. You've got to be an athlete. You've got to be big and be an athlete. You've got to be able to pull and lead through the hole and do the different things. If you watch Lincoln Riley's offense or these other offenses of Alabama, those linemen are active. I mean, they pull and lead through the line and trap, and they're on different types of screen blocking and different things. You've got to be an athlete. You be big. But you got to be an athlete, too. You just can't get in someone's way. So this is a thing that USC has to change as far as on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, it's the same thing as far as being aggressive. This kid they got from TCU, if you watch him on video, which I have, you see he's very active. He takes gaps. He pursues. He's on their side of the line of scrimmage. He's just not hitting and staying in his one area and can't run. You've got to get after people to play defense today. You've got to be able to run. The linebackers have got to be almost like defensive backs. They've got to scream. They've got to run because they've got to cover people. So it's a different type of philosophy. You just can't have size alone. You've got to be able to move, and the game is much faster. So, you know, big, slow guys get be- get beaten by big, fast guys. So that's what you got to look for, and you got to go out and find that type of athlete. There are, there are not a lot of them, but you got to get your share. Not all of them, but you got to get your share. And there's been a great deal of a lot of share of those type of athletes. Like that one I mentioned earlier, Taylor, with Bishop Gorman that's going to Oklahoma. Those are the type of guys you've got to bring in here to USC, like Brad Buddy came from Kansas and these other Ronieri's and these type of players that have always been at USC in the past, all Americans, you've got to get them back as far as at USC with the pride of we've got the best offensive line in the country. If you remember, USC's pride was 28 pitch, and we're telling you we're coming there. And I think that uh, that's the type of attitude you have to have with the flavor of what Lincoln Riley's pass offense is. But he likes to run the football, too, and likes to run a different type of offense that that Graham Harrell ran, which was one phase type of offense. And the first part of that question, what was it? Uh, oh, so uh, he was Ryan? talking about, so Arizona Jack wanted to know about recruiting and developing. And I, I would say, oh, yeah. Arizona yeah. Jack, I mean, you got to get the players. So that's why it's a recruiting season. That's why you're hearing about it. But over time, you're going to hear about the development as well. And I think Lincoln Riley's proved that they've developed a lot of players, but it starts with the raw materials and you got to get those guys first. 
I agree with you, and I, and I have to agree with him too. Players at USC have not been developed, okay? You have not gotten the full potential out of five-star players and other players that have come there. You haven't, you know, you haven't seen them get better. You haven't seen the the, the the offensive line has been the same, same, same in the conversation, in our conversation for the last several years. Same with the defensive part and all of that. The players have not really, really matured and come out. Slovis, another one. I mean, here's a kid out of fantastic freshman year, but because of the situation he was in, he got beat up, the offense didn't fit him, and so on. He got knocked out, he got hurt, and he disappeared, and now he's transferring. I mean, that, that thing, that shouldn't happen. Uh, these guys like Steps and these backs that, that went to Nebraska and Carr, there's no reason for those guys to leave and bring in guys from Texas. And you know, I'm not going to say anything about them, but, you know, these type of players have got to be developed into great football players, man. They came in as a four stars and five stars, a lot of these players, and they just not didn't get any better. So it comes into coaching, but if you don't have a true diamond, you can't cut it, make it worth more. Yeah, You can't take a piece of glass and cut it and it's worth more, okay? Makes sense. Uh, let's go on to Brian in Birmingham. Um, he said, hey, Ryan, can't even put it to words how excited I am for next season to start already with Lincoln Riley as USC's new head coach. I've read some people saying that there's some players that are being told it's in their best interest to find another school to play at. Uh, they don't have a future at USC. Um, just curious on your thoughts about this and which uh, young head coach brings a championship to Los Angeles first, Sean McVay or Lincoln Riley? That's Brian in Birmingham. Well, you know, I don't know who comes first or second or whatever, but I know uh, if you're talking about college football, I say Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley can get, uh, he's got 25 first round draft choices a year, okay? Uh, Easier for Riley to win a, a, a national championship than McVeigh to win a Super Bowl, as you're saying. That's it. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, that would, McVay, be, yeah. that would be that would be that would be a nice uh, feat if that could happen in Southern California. Don't forget the Chargers; they're here too. Okay, uh, you got to you got to back the Chargers now. UCLA, that's another love for a lot of people. But uh, no, that would be it'd be tremendous if that that can happen. You know, everybody's trying to win, like I said earlier, and you got to be lucky too. You got to be lucky. You watch uh, the Buccaneers yesterday, and they looked tired. They looked old because everybody's been taking a shot at them the whole year. They're defending Super Bowl champions, so everybody plays up to them. Plays up to them. The Buccaneers are coming to town, and we're going there, and we're going to beat their butt. Well, after a period of time, you get tired of getting up every week. Brady looked tired yesterday. The whole team looked tired of trying to bring their game every single Sunday. Well, that's what Alabama did, too, during the season. They played good enough to win. Win the games you're supposed to win. John McKay used to say, win the games you're supposed to win and then get ready for the games you really got to play hard and get emotional ready to play. Well, that's what you got to do. You got to have the confidence to be a good enough football team when you're college to win the games you're supposed to win. And then when you play at Notre Dame or if you play in Ohio State, then you really get ready to play. But you're not burned out. But you look at the longer these seasons go, and you look at what's going on, I mean, like with the Buccaneers and the long season, and uh, you know, just after a period of time, you you just run out of fuel. And, uh, you know, sometimes this happens. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got one from 
uh, Tarion in Las Vegas. It's been a while since we heard from Tarion. He said, it's been a while. Uh, it's been said that when Coach Riley returns USC to dominance, reaching the playoffs will be easier in the Pac-12 than it would be in the SEC. If that is so, will USC be less prepared to battle the SEC and Big Ten playoff teams when it goes to the playoffs? Or will games with good Notre Dame, Oregon, and Utah teams be enough competition to prepare SC every year to be competitive in the playoffs? Thanks, guys, from Tarion. No, I don't think so. I think Pete Carroll did all right doing that. I think I think the uh, Pac-12 is about the same, maybe a little better. I mean, Stanford was a little better. They've been down a little bit, but Utah's better, and you know, some of the teams are better, and some of the teams are worse. But I think if you get the right players, and you scrimmage yourself every day, best one ones against ones and twos against twos, you get better every single day, rather than just playing once a week. So I think you build the confidence up and you look forward to those type of games, the Rose Bowl game or playoff games or conference championship games with an opportunity of really showing people how good you really are. So uh, I think that uh, if you get the right players and you build the right type of attitude along with uh, offense and defense to, to fit your players that you can play with anybody. And uh, I think that, uh, You'll have no problem with this. If if USC can get the right players and put the right system on the field, you play with anybody in the country. And I think Pete Carroll showed that. I think that's true. And I but they, I do think that the Pac-12 is sort of down, and that USC could theoretically make the playoff before they're ready to be a, a national championship contender. That they could get through the Pac-12 being a better team but not necessarily have enough players like coach mentioned to be, you know, in the same field as an Alabama or a Georgia. I think it's just that because it's an easier road, but if he's building it the right way, they'll eventually be able to win the Pac-12, but also have a team that's competitive, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's going to take time. People don't, don't, don't be in a big rush. And, and if you expect too much and put too much pressure on it, it won't happen. Yeah. You got to have a process and build this program properly. We got a couple more. There's one more voicemail for you, Coach, first. Hey, Ryan, this is for you. Curtis from Moreno Valley. Just wanted to ask about the lineman coach that did not come with Lincoln Riley to USC. I guess you can't assume when you leave so hasty that your whole staff is coming. From my research, he was the best in the nation. He sent linemen to the pros with regularity, and more importantly, he knew this offense now Riley is going to be tested because of course they let our lineman coach go somewhere else then he got hired immediately at Washington State so he's going to have to recruit without a line coach unless he's got one now as of Friday night but how we're addressing this he's going to have to recruit without the coach and he's going to have to teach a line coach his system a little more difficult Curtis from Moreno Valley. And I'll, I'll jump on this first, Curtis. Obviously, we, we talked about that um, earlier as far as like the, the higher, um, you know, bringing in uh, uh, a Josh Henson. Um, but I think, yeah, Bill Beatonbaugh would have been a great uh, get from Oklahoma, but it's not always easy to bring everybody along. He's someone that you would want to bring. But when you hire a great head coach, you don't just say, oh, you lost Clay McGuire, who was like, hey, it's actually decent right like USC had a decent offensive line coach which when you hire someone you want them to be great you know and I think 
Maguire did a better job than we probably even expected. The problem is USC set the bar low. Like, oh, you actually hired someone and they did a pretty good job? That's nice. Like, no, that's that's that should be below the minimum standard. And so um, according to the Clay Helton tree, he was one of the better hires that you would have had. But you can't cry, at, you know, that he left to go somewhere else. He went to Washington State. You know, it's not like he got a better job. He went to Washington State. USC went out and got someone better. And that's what you do when you're an alpha head coach that's going to make great hires along the way. Nick Saban has lost plenty of great assistant coaching hires. And what he does is hires another great assistant coach. And I think that's what you want to do if you're Lincoln Riley. So that's my thoughts on it. Any other thoughts you have, Coach? No, I think you're right. I think that uh, you go out and you get yourself someone, Lincoln Riley will, who he's impressed with, who he's played against. Uh, or former player, or someone that's coaching somewhere that he knows, and you bring him in, and you give him that opportunity to become a headline coach, and uh, you'll find that uh, you know uh, it was difficult bringing that guy in from Oklahoma because he had kids there in school, and don't think they didn't make it sweeter for him to stay there too. Don't think he doesn't have a greener pasture, or a bigger pond, and a nicer car, and all that staying there because he kept a lot of great players there. So, you know, when coaches leave, they don't necessarily all these other coaches go, but some of them have the opportunity of, of gaining uh, uh, money and raises for staying there. And some people are born there and played there, and their kids are happy there, and they don't need to move. They're very happy. So, But he'll find someone. He'll find someone, give them a break. And, yes, it is harder to recruit when your offensive line coach is not recruiting. And when he does have an offensive line coach, that offensive line coach if he gets them from the right program, knows the type of players that you need to recruit to win at that level. So you want to get an offensive line coach that's not from a small school or a school that hadn't had to recruit these type of players, but can evaluate the type of players that you have to have in order to develop them, as you call, develop a player that you can win with. So you do want to get one from Oklahoma. You do want to get one from Texas. You do want to get one from Texas A&M. You do want to get one from Alabama. You do want to get one from Ohio State because why these guys have played on that level and knows what a football player looks like as far as for an offensive lineman and exactly how to develop it into a better football player. Yeah. We got Frank at Sacramento, a quick one. He said, the current record, for turning around a Power 5 team, it's held by Dave Aranda at Baylor going from two wins to 11 over two years. Can Lincoln Riley set a new record? I think it would be very tough because USC already had four wins. So Baylor, um, but Dave Aranda started off with, I mean, he had the two-win season, so and that was a shortened season. So I don't know if this would really apply, but I think he can turn around the team fairly quickly. I don't know. What do you think, Coach? Well, I think right now the Pac-12 is down, okay, except for Utah. Oregon, Oregon's lacking a quarterback, and they have a coaching change going on up there. I think it's uh, the timing's right, okay? The timing's right. Arizona State, they didn't have a great recruiting year. Arizona's in a rebuilding type of phase. UCLA, who knows what's going to happen over there. You know, Cal is just an average football. Stanford just had its worst year, but a good recruiting year. So it's the right time. As far as coming in, Oregon State just got beat in the bowl game by Utah State. Beat up bad. So the timing is good. Washington is down. So the timing is good for him to come in uh, as far as turning around this program. 
So the timing's good. Uh, I don't think he realized, I don't think all of us realized, or I don't think uh, people realized that what shape the football program was really in at USC. Really, as far as when I hear more stories and more stories and more stories, and it's going to take some time to bring it back, to bring it to the level of what people expect at USC. So you got to give him time and you got to let him put it together. But I think it's perfect timing as far as coming back now with the schedule. I think the schedule's perfect timing for him. Everything to, to put it together and bring it along. Yeah. All right. We got one last one. Uh, Jack from New Jersey. He says, this is like the 12 days of Christmas for me. First off, USC signs Lincoln Riley to be the new head coach. How awesome. Next up, USC gets five-star offense. Uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, five-star Oklahoma commits to flip to USC and potentially even more four and five stars to commit uh, for the early signing day. What a bonanza. Then Mario Cristobal goes to the U. No more Mario to interfere with Southern California recruiting. And my middle daughter attends the U, so that's an extra bonus. I can't wait for what tomorrow brings. Every USC fan must be giddy with joy right now. 2022 should be great. We have been waiting too long to get where USC belongs, a top five team year in and year out. The administration should never again cower to the NCAA. I really don't think it's unreasonable to believe USC can win the Pac-12 next year. Finally, some real leadership. Even Debbie Downer, Don from Chicago, finally sounds happy. Miracles never cease. Fight on, baby. Now and forever, Jack from New Jersey. Well, Jack, I'm glad you're happy. And I think uh, most of the Trojan family is really excited about the hire. Everywhere I go, I start to see more sweatshirts out, more hats on my neighbors and all of the above. So uh, there's a lot of excitement during this period of time. And we'll see what happens with the announcement of more players. I think there'll be some more. And I think uh, you know who they are, some of them, that'll be playing in the game. And they like to do that. And they like to announce it a little bit later on, but they like to uh, to go along with this recruiting and do it on national TV, which is fine. And it keeps the word out there as far as the anticipation of who that's going to be. But there's a lot of other things that have to be taken care of, and uh, we'll see what happens with the portal. I think that's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the portal when that comes up both on both sides as far as who SC leaves and uh, gets. And I'm not sure what Lincoln Riley's philosophy is. I know Clay Elms was. Go out, take a look around. If you don't like it, come on back. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if that's Lincoln Riley's philosophy. Go out, take a look around, and we'll take you back. I'm not sure he's made any statement on that, but I'm not sure he's giving them the same option that Clay Helton gave him. Yeah. All right, Coach. Well, great stuff. Um, thanks again for coming on. We had a lot of news and notes to get to, so hopefully everyone enjoyed that. I certainly did. It's always great talking USC football with you, so thanks for that. Well, thank you very much. And again, be careful out there. Uh, be careful on your trips or wherever you're going. And we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you, Coach. Everyone have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, we will have another Tunnel Vision um, before uh, Christmas break. I'm not sure if they're going to do a any other podcast. But, uh, you know, hope you enjoy the break and hope you enjoy the show. And we will talk to you next time. You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices. Every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening. 
You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.